Hi everyone and welcome to the first of my podcasts in the More Than Just Mindfulness podcast series. This particular session is something I recorded just recently. It was part of the last session in a short course. It focuses on the essential techniques. So these are the takeaways. There's a frictionless meditation that isn't actually a meditation. You have to listen to it to understand. A breathing technique that helps to work on anxiety and stress. A relaxation technique. And all of these add up to a set of practices you can use during your day to help to bring you back into balance from the places that our busy life and stressful life takes us. This is the essentials of mindfulness-based resilience. What we're going to do now is I want to teach you the essentials. I'll explain to you how you can get them into your life, get a pebble, put it at the place where you think you'll be able to do the essential practices, uh, and then that pebble's there to remind you. One day you'll discover that you ignored the pebble, and what you do is you either move it to a slightly different place, or you replace it with another pebble. And don't worry, there's an infinite number of pebbles. <laughs> okay. If you put the pebble in the place that's best for you, that's good. You can have many pebbles. For instance, if you can only meditate while you're doing the dishes, you'll have one on the kitchen windowsill. Or on the... If you think you can also meditate when you're having a bath, you're going to put it on the end of the bath. For a lot of people... Having a bath is the only time they actually physically get to relax. And part of my purpose is to help you to be able to relax wherever you are. What we'll do is we'll start off with a meditation of no meditation for sound. And so to do this, you can sit however you like because it's not a meditation. And this is the sort of thing you can do as you're walking along the road, is to notice all sounds. By notice all sounds, what I mean is this. Whenever we're quiet, so you're quiet, I'm not, I'm chattering away, but I'm part of the sounds. So at the beginning of this, you were just listening to my voice, and now you're aware there are other sounds. So there's somebody closing a car outside, there's the sound of the rain, there's movements in the room. And the way to look at it is like, when we listen to one sound... We're listening to one instrument. When we're listening to all sound, we're listening to the entire orchestra. And what that does is helps to bring us here, here right now, physically back to this place. This is what we call presence or mindfulness, the awareness that we're here. And we become aware of sound. So sound is waves, and those waves are washing over you from a variety of different places. And that's all it consists of. Remember, it's not meditation. There's no goal, no expectation. You're not getting anything out of it. But it's something you can do, and it's something that you can do without getting anything out of it, which is a really important thing. Because we only tend to do things if we think we're going to get something from it will stop something from happening.
And then what we're doing is we're finding this experience which we can do, and we can do it as we go about our day, and we're doing it without an expectation of getting anything from it. So it's like sound's a big bubble, stretches as far as the furthest sound. So when you begin this, cast your mind to the furthest sound. Airplane, traffic, voices, whatever it might happen to be. Roadworks, helicopter, police siren, doesn't matter. And that's the extent of the bubble, the sensory bubble of all sound. And then you're letting all the sound in that bubble into your awareness. Just letting it wash over you. No, it's not a concentration exercise like meditation is so often presented as. And every so often, I'll sound the bell. Just to add to the orchestral nature of all sound. And it doesn't matter what's happening. Your thoughts, your emotions, your experience, doesn't matter. It's noticing sound. And remember, this isn't a meditation. This is the meditation of no meditation for sound.
Okay, so now what we're going to do, you're still at the centre of this bubble, sensory bubble of all sound, and you're kind of noticing the hubbub of sound, the traffic and movements in the room, the sound of my voice, and it's all just a hubbub, like you're in a cafe, so you're in a cafe, you're reading a book, and in the background there's all of this sound going on, there's music, there's clink of cups, there's scraping of chairs, there's people chatting, hissing of the espresso machine, there's traffic noises out in the street, there's children, there's all going on, doors opening and closing. Very noisy place, a cafe, but there you are. You're, you're sitting in the middle of it and you're noticing the hubbub. So rather than picking out a single noise, like trying to listen to somebody else's conversation, which we all do, which is fine, but that isn't the experience of listening to the hubbub. You can notice the difference when you focus on the conversation and then you come back to the hubbub. And that's what we want, the hubbub of all sound. <coughs> Listen to the orchestra instead of the instrument. So you can stay there. And while we're in this centre of this sensory bubble of all sound, what we're doing is noticing a movement and the movement is the movement of the belly just at the point where it connects to the chest, top of the belly. If you can't feel the movement, you might need to put your fingers there for a moment. And you're just noticing it rising and falling. And again, so this is not a meditation. This is the meditation of no meditation for breath. And again, what happens in the mind doesn't matter. Thoughts, emotions, desires, memories, no, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't worry about it. Just noticing the breath. And we're noticing the breath at the centre of all sound. So in your very own time, noticing whatever it is you can smell and taste, gently return your attention to the room. And so I've got a couple of questions for shows of hands. Did anybody find that difficult? It's okay if you found it difficult, because actually the people who find it the most difficult are regular meditators. Because what they've, they've, they've managed to figure that meditation is some sort of willpower-based activity in their head, and then they translate that onto this, so it becomes difficult. I think do, what I did find, um, I did find anything difficult, but, I, it, but when you brought the breathing in, that for me kind of threw me off a little. Okay, you, see, you take, take the breathing out of it. The meditation of no meditation for sound, 
is the easiest thing. And that's nothing to do with the breathing as well. well. The only reason I did the breathing as well is for some of you for whom you'll find that better, you've got another string to your bow. When you're walking along the road, you, you just allow all sound in. This is infinitely better outdoors. Who found it to be a, an, in, you know, an enjoyable, positive experience? Yes. Everyone. Okay, yeah. That feeling, multiply it by 10 the minute you walk out that door. Yeah, it's huge, huge difference. And the reason for that is because there's 360 degree sound. And we're designed to do this. This is what we do when we're walking through the forest at night. All human beings do this. You hear, you hear tiny little rustlings. And when you stop, you can hear all the movement of the, the wind in the trees. If there's a creature moving around, you can hear it. That's the meditation of no meditation for sound. And the, the forest at night is the best place to do it. Something you will notice if, if you find a practice that works for you, just one, you'll notice that you notice more. And you'll start doing things like looking up. You'll walk out of your house and you'll see something you've never seen before, despite the fact you've walked out of your house every day for like 25 years. When I, when I used to do my commute before I learned to meditate, I'd leave my house and I'd be in a street full of other pedestrians, cars... And whatever project was going through my head, after I learned to meditate, I'd walk out, there's the sky, you've got the clouds, you've got the wind, you've got the rain, because that's what we're designed to do. This is all about reconnecting. So that's the most essential practice, is the meditation of no meditation, because it's frictionless. So what we're going to do now is what's called a pranayama breathing technique. This is an Indian yogic, many thousands of years old practice that has been fully accepted as a wellness benefit. There is something special about breathing in through your nostrils. When you do that, mind becomes quiet. It's like a pause button. The breath is huge. I mean, think about it when you're, you're in labour. What do they tell you to do? Breathe. Okay, but uh, yeah, it works, it works quite well with pain as, as a way of... I mean, that's why they teach it. It's, it's a way of helping cope with the pain so that the pain <coughs> doesn't become a resistance and cause you to not respond in the way that they want you to respond to make the birth as safe as possible. important thing is you're not trying to fill your lungs... The only key to this is to try to make the breath as smooth as possible. Rather than, you know, sometimes we might breathe in a lot at the beginning of the breath and hardly at the end of the breath. Or we might breathe in a little bit at the beginning of the breath and lots at the end of the breath. What we want to do is make it smooth. You can count. And when you count, you count it in your head. 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000. When you're breathing out, six seconds, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. When you're out and about and you're in a stressful situation or at home in a stressful situation, you can just do the counting. Why the one thousand? Uh, because that's a second. Yeah. 
If I count one, two, three, four, that's actually two and a half seconds. So it slows down the count. It's quite accurate. You can get to within 10% accuracy. Your body's in relaxation mode when you breathe out. It's in stress mode when you breathe in. It's in relaxation mode when you breathe out. So your body knows that if you, you, you come out of a stressful experience, you go, oh, that was, that was terrible, that was terrible. It's a long breath. And while what you're doing is relaxing, and you're moving your body out of stress into relaxation. This is one of the reasons that this works. Breathing out for six seconds and in for four seconds, you're spending 50% more time in relaxation mode than you are in stress mode. So what you're doing is bringing your body back into balance. It has two effects. One is moving your body over to relaxation mode. And the other is it creates a thing called coherence, where your heart rate and your breath synchronizes. And what that does is that telling your brain everything's okay. Only 50% of people notice that. If the whole thing's uncomfortable, don't worry about it because we're going to do a relaxation exercise afterwards. And that works in a very similar way. Let's do two minutes of pranayama. Prana means breath. Ayama means extend. We'll just do that for two minutes. And some of you will notice a difference, some of you, others you won't. But what's happening is it's actually calming you down. Comes uncomfortable, just bail out. And we'll do the relaxation exercise in a minute. So that's two minutes. Has anybody noticed any calmness from doing that?
Yeah, hands up, calm people. Yeah, okay, so 50%. Yeah, near enough. Not everybody notices, but it works. And you notice it if, let's say, you're going to try to get sleep, and this is one of the things you can do. So there you go. If you can't get sleep, try this for a little while. Do you can do it for about four or five minutes and see how it works. If you know, it's either going to work or it isn't. If it doesn't work, come back to it at a later stage. All of these will work eventually, but what you what you need is one practice to bring into your life to benefit you and the most obvious place that that happens is actually sleep which is why most people sleep better after they've practiced some of the <laughs> techniques that I teach okay so the other essential is the four tens meditation so this is a meditation so to to meditate it's good if you're sitting to adopt what I call a open, relaxed and balanced posture. And all that means is, so comfort's the primary thing here. You need to be comfortable. Um, after comfort, a straight back, say sitting forward or sitting with your back against the back of the chair, whichever's most comfortable for you. If you lift your head slightly and put your elbows at your side, you'll instantly move into a more relaxed posture. And what I'll do is I'll teach this as a meditation. So we'll begin and end with the bell. And so if you begin by placing the palm of your hand almost up against your forehead, but very, very close to it, but not actually in touch, what you'll do is you'll notice a tiny tingling and you'll also notice the warmth of your hand on your forehead. Most people will. And so if you put your hand back down, you're now connected to your forehead. You're aware there's a feedback loop. You know how it feels. So if you place your tongue against the sharp part of your teeth and you're aware of your breath, you're noticing the breath, what we're going to do is relax the forehead, the eyebrows, the eyes and the cheeks on the out-breath. So it's breathing in normally, breathing out, relaxing the forehead, eyebrows, eyes and cheeks. So we're hijacking the relaxation part of the breath. Breathing in normally, breathing out relaxing the eyes and the area all around it. Tongue against the sharp part of the teeth helps to relax the face. And you only need to do that for about five or ten out-breaths and then move on to the mouth and lips, jaw and throat. Tongue still in contact with the sharp part of the teeth. Breathing in normally. When you breathe out, relaxing the mouth and lips, jaw and throat.
Again, five or ten out-breaths. You choose. When you're doing this at home, you decide, I'll do it for five out-breaths, I'll do it for seven out-breaths, I'll do it for ten out-breaths, whatever it happens to be. And now the back and sides of the neck and shoulders. And with your elbows at the side, if your chin's tilted up a little bit so that your skull is balanced as comfortably as possible, on top of the spine, tongue still in contact with the sharp part of the teeth, and on the out-breath, you're relaxing the back and sides of the neck and the shoulders. And noticing the weight of the arms pulling the shoulders down. And just relax and allow that to happen. Because that's how you know you're truly relaxed. Again, five or ten out-breaths, back and sides of the neck and shoulders. And the final exercise is relaxing the hands. So if you haven't learned how to do that, breathing in, clench your fists, not achingly hard, but tight enough so that there's tension there and then when you breathe out, you let go of your hand and let the tension out. Breathe in, tighten the fist. Breathe out, relax the hand. Just let it open up like a lotus flower. And just do that for three or four breaths. And what you're doing is you're training yourself to be aware of the sensation associated with relaxing your hands. And then you're relaxing your hands, breathing in normally, breathing out, relaxing your hands for about five or 10 out breaths. Keep the tongue gently in contact with the sharp part of the teeth. do is relax all of that part of the body. So when we breathe in, notice the coolness in the nostrils. When you breathe out, forehead, eyes, shoulders, hands, relaxing. Breathe in, coolness of the nostrils, breathing out, top of the head, moving like a wave of relaxation down your body, down to the tips of your fingers, down through your feet and into the ground. And then the next in-breath, coolness of the nostril, tongue in contact with the sharp part of the teeth, a wave of relaxation moving down the body from the top of your head to the tips of your fingers, down through your feet and into the ground. part of this where we're doing the entire body and that's what I call the relaxation response. 
So if you just want to notice again what you can smell and taste, the feeling of your feet in contact with the ground, being feeling of being pushed into the chair. Gently return your attention to the room. Why didn't I have your tongue touching my teeth? Okay, try a little experiment. Put your tongue between your teeth. Now try to tighten your jaw muscles. That's right, you can't, you can't. So what it is, it's a physiological switch. When your tongue's in contact with your teeth, your body turns off the muscles in the jaw. And because you're relaxing your jaw, you can relax your face. Because you're relaxing your face, you can relax your body. It's a way into relaxation. When we're really stressed, we get tension everywhere. When you meet someone, you can tell if they're stressed. You just look at their face, especially the eyes. So when you're thinking hard and concentrating on something, often there is stress. So when you're doing your tax return, that's what you look like. Thoughtful, but stressed. You've done your tax return. Yeah, That's it. On this session, those are the things that I want you to know. I want you to know that you can connect with everything in a way that's frictionless through sound. It's the easiest way in. I can, I can teach you a load of meditations. Work for some of you wouldn't work for the others. But everybody can experience meditation of no meditation for sound. You get your sense of place back. You'll enjoy the place you live more. The street you live in, it becomes different. You notice more. And then we've got the pranayama, which is the breathing exercise which is a way to prepare, really, for high-stress situations because you've got to do it for 90 seconds, something like that. You don't have 90 seconds when you're in a difficult situation. When you're in a difficult situation, you've got one breath. That's how long you've got. And that final part of the last meditation, so there was actually two, two things there. The first one was the four tens meditation. If you do that, you're learning to relax. You, so that you're doing, you're doing eyes, jaw, shoulders and hands. And, and it's four ten seconds or four ten out-breaths, four times ten out-breaths. So yeah, so that last exercise was two things. It was the four tens meditation, which is teaching your body how to relax. You need to relearn how to relax. The final bit, that's what you use. You learn to use that. Come back to the breath, relax. Back to the breath relax. One breath is enough to reset you. So if I'm driving along and the, the white van driver from hell tries to dr- run me off the road, cool in breath, relaxing out breath. So what was that one for? That's what I call the relaxation response. It's a specific exercise you can do in your day. You know, I said I didn't do many exits, but I've done that all through the week. Yeah. Just one breath. Yes. So, well, to me, that's yeah. a sigh. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to an extent it is. When we sigh, yeah. like I said, what we're doing is extending our out-breath because we're, our body's in relaxation mode. And we tend to sigh as a result of some Stress. emotion. Yes. Yeah, so we're... Oh. We, the body knows 
what we're doing is training our, retraining ourselves in the thing that our body already knows. Breath is huge. You know, what happens when somebody's angry? People say, look, just go outside, take a handful of deep breaths. When somebody's angry, they say, relax. They never say, don't be angry. They say, relax. So those two things go hand in hand. Extended out breath that you're aware of and relaxation. And then your, your body is only ever in stress or relaxation. One of the two. Stress or relaxation. So you're making it a conscious thought. Yes, that's yeah. it. You're intervening in the spiral. And the spiral's only going to go one way, down. So learn to intervene. With that relaxation response, is there a number of times that you're supposed to do it? Do it until you're calm. Remember to subscribe to whatever channel it is you found this podcast on so that you can hear some more. Feel free to feed back to me and let me know what you think and also what you'd like to hear in the future.